0: Street
1: epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome to this new kind of format uh, for an SE call in show. So we're going to see how this goes. But anyway, I'm Reed from Quarter Curiosity. And I've got Nathan, Chucky, Janosh, and Will here. What's up, you guys? What's
2: up? Hey, hey. how's it going? Hey. hey there. Everybody's running around trying to find a telephone in today's day and age. I don't know what's uh, know, out, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a
0: literal call in. You can find a link to the StreamYard somewhere. Hopefully in the chat or the description. I posted it around a bunch of places.
1: Now, what's the fax number? <laughs>
2: that <kind of> <laughs> yeah, that would be good. I, I hope we have a, I hope we have a telephone call sound effect at the very least. You know, one of those classic ringy bell ones. Be-
0: <laughs> I do need like something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So in the meantime, what some of the like we can either have someone come on, ask a question about IC, give a comment. We can chat about it. Or someone can come in and bring up a topic or a specific claim. And then one of us, whoever is most interested, we can fight about it, can uh, practice SE with them. So I think that's the plan for the next two hours. And then after this, another street epistemology practice on the SE Discord uh, with Michael from Live Well. So, So that'd be fun. Yep. So yeah, feel free to call in anybody.
2: All SE, all the time. I like it.
1: So there should be a link in the chat. I think it's pinned to the top if uh, if you can't see
2: it.
3: I guess while we're waiting for a call, who here has actually done the street version of street epistemology going out in public before? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not me. Yeah, I mean, I've only done it over Zoom. Okay, so you do it over Zoom. And when you do that, is it like people that you know, that yeah. you, and you tell them about it and like, maybe we'll just meet up over zoom. Yeah. So is there some reason why you don't meet up in person or is it just because the cameras are conveniently there for you to record? I think
1: it's sort of a, a, a synergy of things. I started doing it during COVID. So that's like part of it, but I have a particular interest in talking to people I know in a way I care more about people I know. And so like, that's always been my focus.
3: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so my experience is like either doing it in public with total random strangers, or doing it with like people on the SE Discord. And I guess I have done it over Zoom and stuff, but it's typically with people I don't know. Um, and I have done a couple of talks with like friends and family, but that's typically like in person. Hmm. And I I record all my videos uh, or interviews, even if they're um, not going on. YouTube as like a learning opportunity for me. Like I listen back to them. And I'm like, oh boy, there's a mistake. Oh, yeah. there, there's a message that I sent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And no, so one's, I,
4: no one's ever objected to that, to your recording?
3: Oh, a few people have, in which case I just don't record and that's fine. Okay. But like 99% of the time people are okay. If I just like, like this is for us, I'm not gonna shen- send this anywhere without your consent. Is it all right if I record? And then I give them their reasons why I want to record. And it's typically like I wanna give this to you later so you can listen back. And I wanna listen back too so I can improve yeah. understanding you better. Cause you know, I might not be so good at it. Yeah. I've done why, a why number are you shaking of, your head?
1: I've had a number of conversations where people didn't want it to go on YouTube, but then they wanted a copy of it for themselves.
0: Cool, cool. All right, we have our first guest.
3: Oh. oh, what do you know? Right.
0: Jeff, from hey. Austin's What's up you? What's up?
5: Hey, guys. How are you hey. doing? Hi, Jeff. Hey. 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 So, uh, what's, what's the story, guys? What are we doing?
0: Just hanging out. <laughs> do you have any comments or questions about SE?
5: Oh, wow. I've got lots of comments and probably lots of questions and lots of examples of how I do it wrong all the time. So, yeah. Yeah, same here. Uh, <laughs> I'm here to learn from the masters, right? You guys.
2: As soon as you find one of those, let us know where they are because we'd love to learn too. I think.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I went out. I went out today, as a matter of fact. And it was too windy. They've opened a new park here, right, right by my house, and they've got um, uh, nice uh, dog parks, nice uh, a lake, and. Uh, and uh i did have uh, one interview but i went back and looked the wind noise it was so bad uh, on the microphones it, it was just it was. it's not gonna make for good video blew my cameras over multiple times my, my, mm-hmm. both my my um my gopro and my phone and so yeah it's just not the weather didn't make for it but he he had a good claim he uh his claim was um that humans have um impacted the environment to the extent that uh, there's basically no way back that's beyond repair. Um, and so that was very interesting. And uh, it's a good conversation. It was, it was a, a, a young guy and his wife. So yeah.
2: So, cool. so we were just talking about like uh, the nature of like finding interlocutors or finding people to engage with. So the difference between it being like a prearranged conversation with somebody okay. who's got a specific idea that they want to discuss Versus maybe introducing <laughs> introducing yourself to somebody on the street like a street encounter where it's essentially somebody that may have no idea what what street epistemology is, or what you do or what the purpose of it may be, and um, there is a very different types of conversation for sure. Like and and I think kind of echoing a little bit um, what uh, I think Chucky was just saying, like uh, like very much from the same perspective. You know, entered into this from the COVID. Space and therefore, you know, the chance to go out there and do those real-world interviews is greatly diminished. But actually, would really love to engage with people more broadly, and it's it's really difficult, I think, in an online space to find people to engage with that don't already have a, like a preconception about these these right. kinds of interactions and and what SE is. And and yeah, I've I've taken to try to have conversations through VR chat. Um, I've had conversations with uh, random people on Twitch, which have been really interesting actually i got an interview tomorrow um with somebody that, that came about from that but actually i would really be interested in you any ideas anybody has in chat or you guys have for finding interesting interlocutors to talk to um yeah definitely would be open to hearing those ideas
1: i've just been going down my facebook list and sending messages <laughs> really
2: yeah well, first i need to get hold of your facebook list then <laughs> 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 but yeah I, I i i've i've reached out to a few friends um and it, and uh, yeah, that that's been that's been useful, but it, it's it's uh, one can only rely on that so far. I think
1: that's that's for sure. So Jeff, do you have a question?
5: Um, well, I, I experience uh, so I get in clubhouse. So I'm 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 a bit duplicitous, so I go on clubhouse and I argue a little bit. So I'm not typically doing SC when I'm clubhouse. some people identify me. Oh, you're here's the SC guy. Um, do you guys get pigeonholed, uh, or do you, any of you guys have conversations where you do want to be more debated and, and a little bit more uh, hashing out some, some philosophical ideas with people uh, at all, or is it is it always the street of epistemology hat with every conversation?
3: See, I think that's the biggest difference between like doing online with people familiar with a method versus doing it in public. I've never had that happen in public, I don't think. It's always what been happened? online on the Internet, like had had somebody want like a deeper discussion about philosophy okay. in general.
5: Yeah,
2: sure. I kind of feel like I'm going the other way. Like I, I I definitely find myself entering in debate style arguments with somebody like for want of a better word, an argument, even if it's not heated or hostile, but like still a a, a back and forth. And I've found that I'm actually moving back into trying to encouraging it to be a more of an SE style conversation. If I feel like that you that rather than sort of be frustrated by SE and want to have more debates, I find myself trying to turn more debates into more SE style conversations, because frankly, I think it's more effective. Um, I, I really
0: yeah, agree.
5: I, I, I agree 100%. And in and, and, and private conversation or one on one, when I was out today, you know, having the cameras going, um, it's definitely the SE hats on but there's the other side of me that that's still uh I like a good debate and I like a good argument and and I like to thrash things out a little bit sometimes and you know toss it up and 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 I, and, I, and maybe I'm not the typical SC practitioner in that respect you know uh maybe you guys don't you know I don't <coughs> know and, and and you're right it is only online that, that you know, because you know I actually had a conversation in clubhouse the other night with uh, a guy he said that he believes that the SE is is um, uh, what's the word he used? It's unethical or uh, like um, underhanded or like uh, it's like cheating. And I'm like asking questions. I, well, yeah. I'm like dishonest. That's the word he used. Street epistemology is street epistemology is dishonest. And I'm like, how's it dishonest? And he said because um, uh, he said because you're trying to. Make someone decrease their confidence, and I said, "Well, that's kind of the definition of critical thinking. You you try to disprove what you think you believe, right?" to and it was so just just because, and he kept bringing up the book by Peter Bogosian. I wish I wish Peter had named that a different name than yeah. <laughs> "Well for making <laughs> atheists." <laughs> so I saw
1: Reed flash up a comment at the bottom from James. I I feel like to to answer this this kind of thing. I, I've been using SE in everyday conversations, right? Same with here. like my best friend, yeah. and with my parents. Um, and what I what I've noticed is I'll be talking to a friend, you know, a friend who I've I've explained SE, we've talked about S E. They they get it at this point. And we kind of decide, do you do you want me to engage in SE about this? Or would you rather have a normal conversation and like they Basically what happens is if something's really emotional and they know that they are not thinking logically, they're like, why don't you stick to SE? Mm. And if, if they're like, no, I can take it. Then we have an argument, you know, that's basically how it breaks down.
4: That's exactly what I was thinking. I usually, I like having a debate with people that I have great rapport with and people who I know I can have a, a debate and afterwards, uh, just be best friends again, and then have another beer. Right. Um, and right. with, but with people where there's at least at least a risk that it might that this debate might turn might get more heated and more emotional, and you 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 or your conversation partner actually gets upset, then I think se is the way yeah. to go. Um, however, one one thing that I would um, <clears throat> phrase differently about the the objective of it is not to decrease people's confidence in their belief. It is to, uh, to reflect on how, how, uh, appropriate their degree of confidence is for that belief. And Absolutely. if they find out that, oh, maybe it's not the most, uh, not the best place to be on the confidence scale. Maybe I have to adjust that up or down. Doesn't matter. Then, Sure, but if I can have, and that's also the reason why I can have, uh, why I can do is see conversations, not just on the claim that the earth is flat, but also on the claim that the earth is round. Right. And it can be great because some people say, well, actually I've never really looked into it. Sure, I mean, yeah, I've heard that in school and everyone is is sure that it's true, but um, let me see and check out some sources and then i can have a better reason for believing that it's wrong mm-hmm.
1: the uh, the example i keep coming back to is your your partner comes to you or your best friend comes to you and says my boss hates me i'm gonna get fired and you could either say you know because you want to be a, you're going to be a good friend right you could just say no 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 you're, you're worrying too much everything's going to be fine right or you could say What makes you think that? How confident are you? And and go through the slow conversation, SE style.
2: Yeah, there's also, there's a couple of things that, one thing I think that's interesting is that, first of all, you can be dishonest even if you're asking questions. Robert um, keeps challenging me for stopping asking closed questions, you know, questions that obviously just have a very yes and no style answer. And you can ask questions in a way that is inherently dishonest. Um, And I think, that's important to notice. And then therefore, what is really important, I think is therefore the honesty in the interaction. Like if your, if your intention is to change somebody's mind from A to B, convert them in other words, to whatever it is that you think that would be, um, a dishonest SE conversation. I would suggest that would, that's, that's an SE conversation that I think has some issues. If you believe that through honest and critical reflection, however, they will come to Believe something that's better, that's fine because I think that's exactly what SE. We know we all want to believe better things. We all want to notice if we're holding beliefs for poor reasons, and we all want to be encouraged to believe better things. So I think I think honesty is a critical component of it. And so when it's suspected of being dishonest, I think that that's um, that's a problem. We might want to think about why that is. But part part of the reasons why that is is I think that if in normal discourse between multiple people, if you are asking questions or encouraging someone to critically reflect, honestly even, on why they believe what they believe, people will feel that that's a challenge. They're being challenged to describe or explain why they believe what they believe. And in normal discourse, that is usually a, a prelude to disagreement. So it will almost, almost always feel, I suspect, that if you're honestly in- encouraging your interlocutor to reflect, your interlocutor is going to likely feel that you hold the opposing view otherwise you would just agree with them so by asking questions you it's going to feel like you're in opposition and i think in uh, in se i think we we need to be aware of that and note and notice when that's happening and try to do whatever it is that we can and rapport is certainly the best um certainly the foundational uh, part of this solution to solving that problem um in order to just disarm that that sense of dishonesty, on that uh, option to 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 be open to that accusation, and one of the points I just wanted to make really quickly because you, you mentioned it a little while ago, but um, we're talking about a sort of a typical SE practitioner. I, I I strongly suspect there isn't any such thing. I think everybody does this their own way and brings yeah, themselves yeah. To the table quite a lot. But I do think that there's a there's a survivorship bias going on where I think the most visual components of FE are, you know frankly reed and anthony on on youtube and and you know and i think therefore that's that optic is making it feel like that's that's what se actually is where actually that's just one way of doing SE and one place where SE can be done and um, so i think it's really important to recognize that yeah you definitely can take se off of youtube and it still is se and, yeah. and the, the typical practitioners are all kinds of different people. Yeah, what so, we need is yeah.
0: someone just 24-7 recording audio of everything they're doing. And when they happen to have an essay conversation, <laughs> we'll have that recorded as an example. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Maybe maybe they're in the supermarket picking out a cereal yeah. with their spouse. And they're like, right. okay, so why don't you tell me why you think this is good for <laughs> yeah. you?
5: Yeah. Well, you know, since, <laughs> since I started doing this, uh, my wife, it, it, she she was like, Kind of skeptical at first about what was going on and what what this is about, and she actually encouraged me, like, go get your cameras and let's let's go to the park today. And so, she 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 understands the value of of, of the types of of conversations, and and uh, so uh, yeah, it's just it's it's been a great tool for me. Um, I've learned, it's taught me more about myself than, than it has anything else, I think. That's the biggest impact that SE has had on me. It's taught me how to think critically about my own beliefs and how to challenge myself. And that has been so valuable for me that that's what I want to share. I, I, I kind of believe that critical thinking and skepticism are singularly the single thing, I think, that is the most if you could tell me there's one thing we could do to improve mankind the most it would be uh uh critical thinking and skepticism would be because it impacts every area of our lives if more people had skepticism and critical thinking i think that would solve most of our problems of, of humanity because we would narrow down what is really true what what reality are we sharing and and all these arguments that are crippling and paralyzing us as as a race uh, of humans um uh, they would they would be narrower and we wouldn't be killing each other over a book or or uh, trying to figure out if if i don't know right and so right. so so i do this because i want to i want to demonstrate that and i think there's value there that's the and and, and it's impacted me so much that i want to share that with others
2: if I could add one more thing to your list, there, though, I would add empathy, um, and I think empathy, with 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 the application of critical thinking, is is pretty much you know that's SE in 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 a, in a in a nutshell, I would say, and and the uh, the reason why I think empathy is important is I think honestly. Like, one of the things I keep trying to say to people, because I think it's important, is if if you're doing street epistemology with somebody whose view you disagree with, or that you cannot understand how they could possibly hold such a view, and and we, you know, we've seen all kinds of different views and, uh, you know, being discussed under the banner of SE, um, I think it's really important to recognize that you could be in their position where your circumstance is different, right, it's, it's, it's it's not impossible that you would have been on the other side of that conversation, holding that view. Oh, for sure. And that if you if you really honestly reflect on that, I think it it makes you more reflective about okay, what do I hold? What beliefs do am I holding for bad reasons? What, you know, just you know, how how can I notice that when I make that mistake in my own rationalization?
5: Epistemic yeah. humility. I've got to yeah. step away for a second, guys. No, I
2: like
3: right.
5: a... Thanks for joining, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. thanks for joining on. I, I thought, I'll be I'll
1: be
4: right back. Okay. Uh,
1: William, maybe, uh, maybe we should allow someone sure, else yeah. to join. Um, so I, lo- I just wanted to
4: say so one thing about uh, one one point that William brought up is that uh, it's often perceived when when you do S E when you question someone's reasons for believing something, uh, you said it's it's often perceived as uh, you're probably you're probably disagreeing with me, and I. Listen to a conversation earlier where someone said, well, I think that's a problem when we think that we agree with someone. We, if we agree, we don't question it, and we believe we're on the same side, and we're probably believing in it for the same reasons. Oh. And then when we start talking about it, we find, oh, your reasons are completely different from mine, and I, maybe I think yeah. your reasons are, are terrible. Or not reliable or maybe they're better than mine who knows but yeah to have these conversations why do you believe what you believe about things that we agree with i think there's a lot of
3: agreement yeah yeah we agree this is why i love mark's show because mark's show feels like if you listen to more than one at a time it sounds so fair but from one to the next like Hmm. he treats them so fairly throughout that you can listen to a wide range of different beliefs and come away thinking oh i see what he's doing here um he's not he's not picking on any one person he's asking questions that are trying to figure out how someone is avoiding a confirmation bias or you know so i just i'm a big big fan of mark's method of doing it
2: yeah
1: i tell everybody that i talk to that the goal is for me to be neutral but skeptical
2: right and and critical in,
1: yeah, critical maybe is even a better word.
2: It's important, Pretty you know. Important. And, and, and I and think it,
1: critical can be misunderstood, though, which is of
2: course, and and that's kind of but. Yeah. But so can even the nature of the interaction. You know, that's that's yeah. that's the kind of so it's a problem with discourse these days that if we try to ask a question, or you know, and we don't just give you know superficial kind of you know nods and and yeah, no, that sounds great, you know, uh, that that we're actually. Um, we're actually being hostile, even by asking questions. And, and people will feel that way. I think I think I think people equate encouraging you to think about things as hostility in some way, which is unfortunate. And it says more about I think, um, society and dialogue in today's day and age than it does about our intentions. The, the you're checking.
3: <laughs> um, I, I love uh, finishing my talks with Do you have any questions for me? And I think that's a great yeah. way to like allow them to try out what I just tried out with yeah, them yeah, on yeah, me, yeah. Yeah. and then um, if they ha- generally, a lot of the questions are really broad, like so. What do you think about that? Is like a question I get a lot, um, and I encourage them to be more specific, like about what exactly, or can you give me a more specific question? And I think that's a a great way to get the question that they honestly want to hear uh, hear an answer to. Um, as opposed to just me kind of like ranting and then telling them everything. <laughs> yeah. Claudia has one question. Yeah. I got it. Do you have
0: the same level of comfort using I c okay. techniques on strangers as you do with loved ones? I think we covered this a little bit, but definitely, I'm I feel much more comfortable with strangers actually.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: That's There's so much more about okay. it yep.
1: when you're talking why, about
2: why, you, why, why, it that. Was very affirmative from your from your side. Know, like, um, <laughs> hmm. I don't know.
1: I mean, I almost, I'll go so far as to say, I almost don't care about people well, I do you. know.
2: I thought I heard Reed saying that you felt less comfortable doing it with loved ones in terms of street epistemology, just be clear. Yeah, I, um, I agree.
5: I, that, that's me as well. I, I feel less comfortable with people that I'm close with, that I love than I do with strangers. Well, one thing's for sure, mm. the stakes are higher. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Right. And rapport crash hurts a lot more, uh, right? So there's a bit of like walking on eggshells uh, yeah. kind of feeling, whereas with a stranger, you don't really have that kind of like weightedness to the importance of the talk between yeah. you socially. It's
1: like, oh, they got defensive, and now I'm not gonna see him again. Okay, sorry
3: right
2: i i think i think there's an impact of that one of the things that when you apply something like active listening for example i think people notice the cadence of the conversation has changed dramatically and therefore i think there's an implication that and they're very likely to notice that of course because they are very used to your non sort of deliberate argument style Um, and therefore i think they might feel like just even that you've switched into SE might sort of, or at least using similar tools might already be an indicator that you're, you're trying to, you know, change the nature of the conversation in a way that they might not like. Um,
5: yeah. People, people that are my friends or coworkers that know I'm interested in this, uh, accuse me sometimes that they think, they think I've not said it, but, but they can, they they can, they can see that I'm asking, are you really sure about that? <laughs> about that? <laughs>
4: Well, I I think I feel like if you're using SE with a loved one for for the first time, it's usually a good idea to be very very open about what you're doing and okay, explain. Okay. Listen, I here's this this conversational technique that I that I learned about. Um, are you okay with with trying that? Talking about this topic that maybe we've uh, we've we've had heated debates before, and maybe that can help us. Uh, Uh, do it better and have a better conversation because if you just do it without without a heads up they will go like what what is what's wrong with you why are you being like that right now
1: like will said that you can definitely tell it's a different style Yeah.
2: yeah yeah i think joe's point is is a good one and it definitely that's that's i i do think i do think there's a difference so joe joe's uh comment there where he talks about um that it highlights the dishonesty potentially or at least the the, the feeling of dishonesty. Um, yeah,
1: I, I have strong feelings about this because because this sort of idea comes up a lot in the criticisms of SE, and I just feel like I feel like if you sit back and you think about it, if you've got let's say a loved one, let's say a friend, a coworker, no one in the history of mankind has ever said, is it ethical to answer someone's questions? Is it ethical to ask them? You know, like so, like someone comes to you at work and they're like, I think the president of the United States is, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse. And no one has ever said, is it okay to say, how How did you come to that conclusion? <laughs> and yet somehow we keep asking ourselves, is what we're doing something like an attack or is it is it unethical? Or, right. Like, it's clearly more loving, more compassionate, more empathetic, more slow to judge. It's there is no perfect, but it's better than saying you're wrong. Right. I, I, I kind of got ranting there, but you know. No, no,
2: bring it on. Um I, I, <laughs> I, I think with a with a loved one, one of the things that I probably use more than like full SE, for example, would be active listening. Um, And I think that when I do that, like I'm consciously making the decision to shift my goals in the conversation to not, not, not trying to present, push my view uh, or or make my case, but actually I'm taking a step back and saying, Hey, let's just, let me just take this time to carefully make sure I understand where they're coming from. I think that that can be very useful. But in terms of like SE, like where you want to actually explore why you're, loved one may have come to knowledge about a certain position or the methods that they've used to come to knowledge about a certain position. If it's if it's just like if your partner just casually mentions that they believe that there is such a thing as ghosts, for example, then that, right. that would be a great easy thing to SE with. Or, and that's it's usually a comfortable thing. And you could probably use SE there really, really well. But I think if if you're, you're in the midst of an argument, suddenly, you know... Oh, well, yeah. What, what is your confidence that I'm, I'm speaking <laughs> to a woman? You know, like, that's not... Yeah. That's probably not going to be an effective place to yeah. achieve, I've, shift.
1: I've to definitely argue. gotten into this thing where they're like, don't do SE on mm-hmm. me. I know what you're, you're really doing. <laughs>
5: yeah. I, like, I like I like the yeah, question like, what, um, from Superodd. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, is it bad to last not Last week we beautiful. did a review of, I like that um, um,
0: a more, you know, spicy contentious topic about, you know, Jewish conspiracy theories and flat earth. And like I have a view about right. that, that I think this person obviously should adopt, but it's not so much, I want them to adopt their view. I want them to have the capacity to think about these claims in a rational way, in a reasonable way, and have ways of like right. checking this claim and becoming more closer to reality about it. So it's like, that's my yeah. bias. It's not so much the conclusion; it's the process. I want them to have a high quality process for evaluating whatever.
4: Yeah. Well, right. However, is is that true? Like, if if let's say if we find out that someone holds these views and some believes in a Jewish cons- conspiracy and is therefore anti-Semitic and is actually going out and hurting people, because we know that belief inform actions, so. We we want them to not attack people, so we want to change that outcome. Eventually, right? At, at we, the end of the day, so do we? Do we? Don't we want to change the belief well, that makes them
2: do that? What would be better though to change the belief or the methods that they got to that belief? Right? Because. Well, because- I, in the short term, I agree, right? Just stopping them doing the bad thing is good, right? But if they still have the underlying methodology that they got to this bad belief, there's probably a whole bunch of other things yeah. that they're believing as a back of that, right? So th- there's True. definitely a short-term consideration. But I think, honestly, I think we just have to, for want of a better yeah. word, have faith. <laughs> um, they're honestly like a rational... Um, you know, encouraging rationality and critical thinking, and 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 an honest reflection on their epistemology, is sufficient in getting them where they need to be. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean that we know where that is, right? Because we could be wrong about where they need to be, right? We we we're we're no right. lot more, you know, you know, receivers I, I, of the there.
5: I was watching the video today. You guys know mm, the Prophet Azad yeah. is.
3: Yeah, I've, uh, it does, it's been a uh, while, but I know. I'm yeah, on. he
5: was. But, but he was. He was talking. He was talking about a certain preacher who's calling people witches, and and, and he was talking about you want these people to stop doing these 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 bad things. You know, stop doing things. But he said it's better to 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 get them to stop or, or get them to reflect of why they believe. And he's the uh, example of like the Aztecs. They used to do human sacrifices and you could say hey stop doing human sacrifices but they thought they were doing it for the greater good because it would uh you know the, the sun would stop moving if 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 we didn't sacrifice human beings so more people are going to live so we have to do this and and you could tell them to stop doing the bad thing but it would be more important to say hey is is what you're doing doesn't make any sense right and so uh, that was to your point it was, it's a good it was a good video to, to that point yeah
1: yeah it seems maybe a more general concept but like if people are doing things that you don't like and i think that's natural right that happens all the time there's people you know who do things in an office environment that annoy you right (laughs) whatever it is people you want them to stop doing it you can either use force or you can have a conversation that feels like it's pretty much the only two
2: you're, you're rolling out the awesome power of passive-aggressive auto- office attitudes, um, and, 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 and that is a very useful tool. Uh, That's
1: true. I, I have an axe to grind about office interactions, I guess. Um, <coughs> so I see Peter making some interesting claims in the in the chat. Peter, would you like to have an SE conversation about your belief in God?
0: Yeah, and Doug, would you like to come on in SE Helm? That'd be funny. <laughs> Feel free to come on, you guys.
1: Yeah. So I think one of the things we haven't really, I, I forget what they call it in the biz, but to remind everybody that we're allowing people to call in either with questions or with claims that they want to explore with us in an SE style.
0: Yeah, I guess to leave a space open, we'll uh, we'll let you go, Jeff. Thanks, thanks for coming on.
1: Yep. Have a nice day, Jeff.
0: Cheers, Jeff. Thanks, thanks, thanks for
1: calling.
2: All right.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what the max is for the StreamYard-like room. I think it's more than like, six. I feel it's like six, six is
2: going to make the pictures very small. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So one of the things we talked about beforehand is if you do have a claim that you want to reset the room, that's your <laughs> time, and That's what it's called, reset the room. If If you have a claim that you'd like to discuss, only one of us will be asking questions. It's not going to be five against one, so don't worry about that.
2: I thought Diamond was call, calling for a cull. I thought he. <laughs> hey, oh, look oh, at this fella! He's, he's tell, tell us
1: about your belief in Jesus. And we'll we'll ask you some questions.
0: <laughs>
3: What's happening in the chat
1: Nathan, I miss you too. Not only
6: Chuck, oh, you, but thank where you, have you guys so been? much.
3: Oh, I care about that.
1: We're broke. We're broke, Doug.
3: Oh, I thought <laughs> there was good money in SE. No. Oh yeah, just rolling in the dough over here. Was it? Doesn't you George Soros
1: fund you
6: guys? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: amazing for the right main reason for me to do it the
4: money yeah.
3: Yeah, right yeah
6: now
4: peter not
3: <laughs> peter is this an opportunity for me to plug my patreon is that what you're trying to do <laughs> yeah feed the ears
6: we have a, a telethon uh peter w and i we've talked before on my channel he's a he's a nice uh older gentleman who's a calvinist so yeah everything's decreed and set and you're a full uh, i think he's a full determinist just like uh, me he just huh. says god does it and i say nature does it so
2: well
4: maybe god um, is nature
2: yeah right. well it's very difficult to disprove deism um yeah i mean if if, if there was a god that started the newton's cradle swing then it's it's going to be very difficult to disprove it i just don't know why you would would believe it. Like, I've been speaking to somebody about this quite a bit. And there seems to be this kind of space where if we can't say for sure what the answer is, then all answers are viable. And that seems like one of the spaces where a DS God would live. Um, And and yeah, I I think I just feel I very much advocate for the idea of saying you don't know when you don't know. And and I don't know what started Newton's cradle swinging.
6: Yeah, I can empathize with the DS though. Or the people who yeah. want to believe in God. Like I can, because our intuitions, stone. yeah, our intuitions do say, well, it's amazing we're here, right? And um, and it, it helps th- shift the mystery from just nature to yeah. some great mind behind it all. So I, I get it.
1: In, in my deconversion, I definitely became a deist for a few years until I wasn't so emotionally attached to the idea.
2: That's interesting.
1: Yeah.
6: But I have a question um, for Nathan. Sure. Why do you insist in taking away the hope, meaning, and purpose away from Christians like Daniel Ray?
3: No. He reached out to me. So I just, I said, yeah, come on on. Let's, we can, we can talk. Every single video, by the way, I sent to him for his approval before I posted it um oh, i got he made his a video consent. about me and he didn't ask
6: my approval
3: it's been yeah I, I really was super careful as much as i could to make sure that i wasn't like doing anything that would like offend or bother him i somehow still managed to do that somehow by definition sc bothers him so if you like
2: you can't win He did what? SC on himself recently like a couple of weeks ago did you guys see that
3: the talk wasn't even about his God belief very much, like a, a little bit. The, the mostly, it was. I was really curious about how he views SE, um, and if he were to go to a park and do what I do, which is give an open floor to anyone to talk about anything, uh, how would he do it? And I'm still well. not convinced that he could do that in a way that asks open-ended questions to just kind yeah. of like get to people's reasons for why they are saying what they're saying. And that's what I felt like the entire like six episode uh, series I have with him is about.
1: No, yeah. there seems to be a bit of a difference between S E and the kind of stuff that Greg Kokel, is that is that his name? The yeah. Columbo yeah. approach. Yeah. It's like, 50% SE, and then here's the things that I need to seed to get you thinking about Jesus, right?
0: Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. All right, we have someone else in the uh, queue here. I want to just bring him on. Desi Neo, does sure. anyone know who that is? Yes, yeah, awesome. that name sounds familiar to me. Okay. Hello, I think it's just audio only. What's up, Desi?
7: Hey, uh, hi, uh, this is Desi Neo. I think Doug knows me. I've been on his channel a few times.
0: Yeah. He's
7: legit. Okay, great. yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna act a fool over here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's your no, question? I, what What do you want to say?
7: My question is like I've been watching you guys for a long time, especially uh, Mega Magnavasco uh, and his uh, series and all that. I, and Doug, of course, learned so much of like how to approach questions and epistemology and all that stuff. Uh, I'm not anywhere as good as you guys are at handling these type of questions. So, But I try my best, try to use that approach when I'm uh, talking to Muslims. My background is, is Muslim and I'm ex-Muslim basically. So I try to use the same approach to question their beliefs and all that. But the thing that I run into is that the conversation never uh, runs as smoothly as it does when you guys are talking to a Christian. <laughs> it just divulges into like all sorts of like blah 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 this and that. And second of all if I start the approach of like okay let me question you on this they never stick to the point where, where my question is answered. Instead, as soon as I ask a question, it's like, but what about, what about you? What do you believe? What, how can you believe everything came from nothing? And this and that. And it's like, yeah. it's very hard to keep the conversation like focused like you guys do, like step by step, like ask this question. And then the person actually answers. And then you ask the next question. It's after the second question, it just, boom. You know? Uh, I mean, any advice can on that?
1: You always try to bring... Sorry, uh, you can always try to bring people back to to the main topic by saying something like, um, "I'm really interested in exploring what what you believe. If if you'd like to ask me questions, we can do that later. But for now, let's just stick to uh, your beliefs." Sometimes and that's then a lie, ask though. Them, do they mind? Like I don't. You can s- ask them if they mind that. Like
6: I I I sometimes say that, but very rarely because most of the time. If I was to say that, Chucky, I'd be lying. I'm not interested in this diversion. I'm not. <laughs> I don't care. Let's talk about what we initially, yeah. you know. So maybe that's another technique of just saying, being brutally honest, saying, you know, I really don't care about what you just brought up,
1: but let's. It's talk. hard to fault honesty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: one, one thing I, I th- would point out is that there's a, there's, a, you should be aware of like, survivorship bias. Um, in terms of the SE interactions that you're likely to see are by definition likely to be the ones that the practitioners feel are good enough to go up online, right? Because I'm pretty sure there's a whole bunch of them that go very, very badly that would just never make it online. So don't be disheartened by it not following the pattern that you're used to seeing, because ultimately, you know, it doesn't go very well, you know, an awful lot of the time. And we learn, and we get better, and we adapt, and and you know, hopefully, it starts to go. You know, you end up having a good one, and it makes you feel more confident. And and that that's kind of just how it rolls. But yeah, mm. most of the examples that you're likely to encounter, by definition, will be the ones where it went well.
7: In your experience, I mean, have you seen a difference between talking to a Muslim and trying to do use SE on a Muslim as opposed to using SE on a Christian?
2: Mm-hmm. I think I have. Um, Yeah, I would also say that it's very difficult. Well, just like just like everybody though, I don't know if there's a typical Muslim or a typical Christian, but I think I do know what you mean. There's there's a tendency that I think actually Muslims tend to be more uh, prepared for a debate or an argument. They seem to
1: be more knowledgeable about the apologetics.
2: Right? No,
6: no, I would say the opposite. Yeah. Well, no, I agree with. uh, What's your name? Daisy. Will.
5: Oh, Will, me, no,
6: no. I, I agree with you, Will, that they tend to be more combative. But I disagree with Chucky. Sorry, Chucky, um, that okay. they are decades, if not centuries, behind the Christian apologetics. Hmm. Most of them.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. It's are always... you making a distinction between
6: good
1: apologetics and bad apologetics? Or... Yeah, uh, yeah. I because, said...
6: like hmm. the, um, the Christian apologists I deal with, they at least know the talking points that an atheist or people who disagree with him might say, but I'd say most, the majority of Muslims, like who call into my show, no, they're not even close. They're like, I I agree with Doug. Yes, because they don't actually, they have very old talking,
7: talking points of atheists. I mean, like they don't have any new, like the more contingency argument and the, you know, more uh, philosophical arguments are not, not too many people talk with those type of arguments. Most of them just talk about like, how amazing the Quran is, and how come it can't convince you, because if you just read it one time, it yeah. will convince you like, it's very, very pedantic type of very basic type of arguments that they bring. And when you challenge them, then it becomes like a shouting match. You so know?
1: maybe the way to generalize this is that they have more talking points, but they're less sophisticated.
2: Yeah.
4: And, and maybe maybe it also boils down to how uh, how much you are inside your fundamentalist bubble, or how how many conversations you have with people outside of that bubble about your religion.
5: I was just um, thinking about I that because I feel
4: if if you if you talk to someone from the Westboro Baptist Church, I would expect them to also be to yeah I would expect their arguments to be way less sophisticated than someone who has read William Lane Craig or whatever.
2: Well yeah, there's I- one time oh sorry go ahead man
3: (laughs) I, i walked up the one time i really wish i recorded a talk there was a guy with like um you know a really hateful sign it was basically westboro baptist kind of stuff like with huge font all written all over it. In in Portland, Oregon, we don't really have like a lot of religious people. I, I hardly have any interviews with somebody on God claims actually on my channel, unless they're like people who find me through the internet. That's like the only time I actually get to have those talks. Otherwise, it's always about some sort of like new age kind of spiritual kind of way of thinking about something and like energy vibrations and things like that. I do essay with that. Astrology. But astrology yeah i I still need to get a good one though like recorded (laughs) i have them like every single day not recorded just like interaction with people who ask me my birthday so they can start to immediately (laughs) put me in a box in their mind somehow um (laughs) Uh, but well, I did this I'll, one time.
7: I'll empty empty up the space for whoever next guest will come in. But I really hey, appreciate you up. guys. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the question. question. Yeah. I definitely it, learn a lot from you guys and just the patience that you guys have. I I wish I have like <laughs> half of that when I'm dealing with it. But I'm working on it. I'm getting better and better. And as um, as I learn more uh, proper uh, arguments that I can construct, I'll I'll get. I'm sure I'll get better with the SE, You know.
2: That's we'll
6: awesome. see, we'll see you in poker sometime, okay?
7: <laughs> all right.
2: <Yeah. laughs>
1: take care, Doug. All right, guys. Take
2: care. A poker recruitment cult. That's all that I is. <laughs> yeah. That it's was it's
1: my 80% plan. of his income at this point.
2: Um, have any of you read um, the Megan Phelps Roper book, Unfollow? <laughs> it's, 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 if you haven't read it, it's worth a read. She was one of the um, members of the Westboro Baptist Church family. Yeah. It's, it's definitely worth a read if you haven't taken a look at it. It's called Unfollow uh, by <laughs> Megan Phelps Roper. That's
0: good. Cool, all right, we are open for more calls. If not, feel free to post questions in the chat. The channel. Yeah,
1: happy to take general questions or if you have a claim, well, what Desi, uh, one of us can
6: what, see you. What Desi brought up about, um, you know, you, you start down one thought or one idea, or one method or whatever, and then it gets diverted. This is precisely why I do lean true, lean false, lean yes, lean no, just to move the conversation forward. And I know a lot of people view that as traps, but I I really do think that it helps, at least in some cases.
2: Yeah, one of the question, the, one of the questions I would normally ask that I think I found helps isn't usually very useful in the case of Islam is, is is you know when did you first come to believe it and and the answer is usually that you know they've always believed it that you know it's 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 a very clearly familial, you know, encouragement to believe it and so it, it's very difficult I think um, but what you do tend to find if you talk to Muslims quite often is there's a period of time. Where they struggle with it usually in their teenage years. And and I guess what can be useful is trying to ask them what reconvinced them or you know, what, what made them feel like they wanted to double down on it. And I've spoken to a lot of Muslims that say that, you know, I've I've had I've spoken to people that they say they don't really believe it to be true, but they feel it's necessary. It's important to to teach as if it's true because it's useful culturally. Um and I, and I find those kinds of ideas really interesting, but it's very difficult to get to those sorts of Uh, honest reflections i think especially when you're talking to younger people that are more fire and brimstone about it all but yeah
1: peter's got a fantastic question in chat how can you fairly investigate supernatural claims when you are convinced no such claims are warranted
2: Um, what what does supernatural mean i mean to me supernatural just means not currently described by natural phenomenon right and so there could be a a, ghosts could be real right they could be real and the moment we have reasons to believe that they're real they would become natural and so and i know for sure like one thing you can say for almost certain is that there are tons of things that we don't know that are definitely true and real and we've not yet even discovered yet so Give me a yeah. good reason to believe it. But we could I give
6: think, we could give Peter that word supernatural. Just give it to him and still say like I'm hundred percent, ninety nine point nine percent convinced the Earth is a globe shape. And I can talk to a flat earther and investigate right. his reasons for believing the Earth is flat. No. In the same right. way I can investigate God believes faith in Jesus.
1: I'm I'm truly interested in however you came to these beliefs. And if and if. You know, if maybe we can agree that these are good reasons, I am willing to change my mind.
4: Well, yeah. The, the, yeah, I I do think uh, there is there is a point that, or you can make the point that um, when you say there could be ghosts, there could be something supernatural. And the the moment we discover them, and we can describe what that what we call ghosts is, what they are, they become natural. So, the question is. Um, Like, of course, how do you define supernatural? Uh, But if if that is anything that can't currently be described, then uh, sure, then it can change from supernatural to natural. But what about things that cannot be explained or described in natural terms? And I think you could make the point that, well, I mean, to me, then saying it's supernatural is just giving up. Saying, well, I, I still don't know there is no explanation let's just let's just settle with let's let's stop looking let's stop trying and just give up and yeah. say it's it's unexplainable
1: yeah i i don't currently believe in ghosts but as soon as someone can harness the power of ghosts to make a battery i am going to believe in ghosts <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's also just a fun psychological experience to evaluate arguments like i am probably very high in orderliness the psychological trait like Everything is in its place at my place here. Like it's super clean and orderly. I would have never taken like that. You can also organize (laughs) premises in an argument together. And like when something's out of place in my place, I have to put it back. And when someone says something that's a non sequitur. I have to question that and then put it back in order and have it it's be a good. thing. Connected.
6: You're not a serial
2: killer, Reed. <laughs> 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 Actually, you're confident that he's not. I, I like to have <laughs>
4: the organs uh, in decreasing size.
2: <laughs> I really that is freezing. Yeah, so
4: I relate to your point, Reed, in a very
1: strange way because I am very not orderly. But there's, there's something about SE that that I think boils down to just thinking slowly, yeah and not thinking hot, not chasing ideas, not, you know, jumping to conclusions. It's just slowing down. Let's slow down and talk about this in a methodological way, right? Mm -hmm. And I I think that's kind of similar to what you're saying.
2: Has anybody had an SE conversation where they would have initially, if asked, disagreed with the interlocutor, but come away feeling that maybe yeah. Through the interaction that your viewers, changed. I had I've one so, never had that, to be to be honest. Would be interesting. I had
1: one recently. So I, the the last video I put up, I spoke with my brother about um about his belief that art is separate from the artist, that they should be not conflated. Hmm. And I came into the conversation thinking, absolutely, and I left the conversation thinking, ooh. Maybe they should be conflated a little bit. Interesting. When it comes to, for example, the money that gets generated, and then that money feeding back into um, to perpetuating the the the, the actions.
2: Yeah. It's sort of what I love about SE and, and also danger is that there's, there are, there are almost no boring conversations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everything's a rabbit hole. <laughs>
1: Uh, we've got a couple more yeah. great questions. Diamond had one
3: um, yeah, to scroll up a little bit. Do the
1: origins of SE and atheism hinder wider adoption? I kinda That's think nice. yes.
0: A little bit. If, yeah. if that history comes up and someone's yeah. a fundamentalist Christian, then that might hinder it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I hate when someone finds Peter Boghossian's first book title.
4: <laughs> what what origin?
2: would be one that would hinder it less Socrates. One okay. that Purely the yeah. The one that, one didn't, that didn't have a tribe a, a in the title for a book. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Probably yeah. the second title of the of,
3: Yeah, of the, the, of the second the second book, book has a better title. How to have it does have a better title. title. I'll give it. But soon sure. we're gonna have a course <laughs> and the course is gonna be the new authority, hopefully.
6: Hopefully.
3: I kind of like the title of Peter's
6: first book, though, because it it, it, <laughs> you because it, it kind of introduces new topics and new uh, paths of conversation. Like if someone says, you just want to create atheists. OK, what's wrong with that? Yeah, that's and a then good that, leads, that leads to a nice conversation.
0: There's also a bait and switch for the atheist demographic, um, because if you read the book, he's trying to move the goal away from really creating atheists, it's by wanting to help people be more rational and more trustful of reason, all of this stuff. And it's like atheism is there potentially because that's the topic you're talking about and the epistemology of faith is what you're targeting, but the main focus is reason and rationality. And like yeah,
4: Also, he didn't choose the title in truth, to be fair.
2: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, think again, that the publisher yeah.
4: George Sor- George Soros did. I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and at the end of the day, the the title is what it is, and it has affected people, you know, and it has affected SE. Um, Matt and- Matt Smith has another great. Oh, sorry, Doug or John I just wanted to say yeah oh yeah.
4: was just I just wanted to say who knows maybe we wouldn't be here maybe we all wouldn't know about street of small if it had, hadn't been for this book sure. because maybe that's what kind of someone some some guy named I don't know Anthony uh Anthony walked into something, the bookstore something,
2: something weird yeah. last <laughs> name yeah
4: yeah uh, and and sees this book and thinks that that's interesting and uh, buys it and reads it and then goes yeah. out and starts having these conversations. So there's you know. something to be said for a little spiciness. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I, I read it, I bought it, and I read it, and uh, well, read read a few chapters of it uh, early on and put it down, and and really disliked it as an atheist. I, I felt like it was if it was a manual for creating atheists, I thought it was a manual for creating the wrong sorts of atheists. He, he has some quite. Uh, on on it's not just the title i think that has a that, that has issues i think there's definitely a certain type of rhetoric and and through line that's inspired by that book um that i think is unhelpful and 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 i think that it's you know there's i think there's nothing wrong with wanting there to be more athe- atheists in the world if the, if that's what you're trying to achieve but i do think that the ambition of trying to achieve that is anathetical to the ambition yeah. of i see i really think that. The, any any ambition inside your motivation for asking questions, I think, is antithetical to the. For this a
1: practice that's about slowing down and talking to people, it's mm-hmm. a very polemic polemic book.
0: Matt mm. has a question. After having learned to see, what benefits have you noticed in everyday life when not having easy conversations? I can think of several, but was curious to hear your benefits.
6: Well, I was pulled over by the police the other day for speeding. Oh. He said, "How so do you confident. know
1: that I was speeding?"
6: How
8: confident
6: are <laughs> you that this, this uh, radar gun works? <laughs> uh, well,
1: I, yeah, I can
4: say that for me, uh, I I have noticed that I've started asking myself these kinds of questions in my head more often. Like, how how why am I this confident? How can I how can I test that? Um, Is my confidence warranted? Um, And still, even though uh, I I believe I do that more often, uh, every now and then, like we on our German uh, practice group, we have these practice conversations and we usually use real beliefs that we have. And sometimes I will post something in uh, in the belief channel and someone will interview me and they will ask questions that make me go, "Wow, I'm really not as good as I thought at asking myself these questions because I hadn't thought of that." That's that's a new question. That's interesting. I have to think about that.
2: Right. I definitely feel for me like I've I've noticed a tendency, you know, back in my slightly more fire and brimstone, enthusiastic for the the the, the, the conversation phases. You know, I, I would chase victory to the extent of of futility you know like I would be too too keen to to um, you know tie, tie a bow on it you know at the end of the conversation and I think learning not to do that and learning to to set different goals for my conversations has been really beneficial um, and I would also say like as, a, as I mentioned earlier just like going from being in a position where I was um, maybe looking for a debate I've now switched to changing my goal and actually using se and actually having a conversation that just helps me like work out where I can ask the right question to get the person I'm talking to, to think differently about what they're arguing with me about. Um, I think just noticing that has becoming an increasing habit of mine, I think is, is good. And it's really calming, actually just stepping out of the argument, just realizing that this person can be as crazy as you like, and and they can be shouting and, and, and be discourteous and they can be, you know, irrational all day, but you know, you can just listen and then just try to notice where's the right place. Where's the right Place that I can place a question that's going to have really interesting impact on their reflection of why they're using this this line of reasoning, um, and I, yeah, I think I think that taking a step back from that conversation and not feeling you need to meet meet hostility or or fire with fire necessarily um, is is useful. I think. Setting yeah, part of that sure,
1: slowing sorry. down is very. I feel it's it, it sort of disconnects me from my emotional responses somehow. Taking, taking the time to go, okay, I'm going personally, I'm going to go into the mode where I'm listening more than making claims. And right. it's, if something happens, then I feel different about the conversation. I feel different about the claim that the person's making. Um, but to address um, the question more directly, I I feel like I'm using SE all the time now. Like, obviously it's not like, Hey, do you mind sitting down so we can record this? It's just in in everyday conversation. Um, someone talks about some girl they're dating, or someone talks about you know their their friend or whatever. And I and instead of instead of making claims, instead of me going, oh, don't worry, you'll be fine, or you know whatever, I just go, okay, slow down. They're they're in a hot situation.
0: Someone. <laughs> it's god
1: got wishes
0: to yeah
2: god. yeah, <laughs> yeah I, by the way I,
1: I live in new york city so that's just to be expected uh, but but what i was saying is there's something about um yeah, what was i saying
3: slowing down to slowing to down to go
1: yeah to slow down and and like i can tell they're they're hot right they are they're they're emotional and they want comfort or or maybe something like that or they're scared or and you know uh, maybe 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 what they need is to be soothed but if but if they don't want to be soothed it's better to just talk about it to be like okay what makes you so confident that you're in danger right now what makes you so confident that you're going to be fired what makes you so confident that she's going to break up with you that kind of thing and it it gets them to calm down
2: yeah yeah encouraging other people to to take a moment just taking a moment you know like it's amazing how many people are in a, a position of real commitment to action almost but just getting them to stop for a moment just take a take a breath you know talk about it like externalize it a little bit like you, you, you sometimes that's just enough right to make them make them just hesitate you know and, and reflect hearing hearing them articulate their views sometimes and or even more importantly hearing them struggle to articulate their reasons, yeah. for example, is, is sometimes just as effective as, as having a interesting uh, counterpoint to me. I feel oh, like uh,
1: after somebody's gone through this process like three times, what winds up happening is they immediately go, I don't have any good reasons for feeling like this. I, love, I just feel like this.
4: I, I love this metaphor that Moonshoes brought up in the chat, treated like a construction zone, 20 miles per hour. This, this is a belief construction zone huh. I like that. <laughs> or school zone, yeah. sure. Yeah. But
6: Chuck, nice. Chuck yeah. I have a question for you. Uh, like we've, I've been doing this for many years. Reed has, a lot of us have, but do you feel like sometimes you, SE makes you a little too anal about things and like, not everything needs to be questioned. You can just let people have their beliefs and opinions and just let it go.
1: No, because everybody's so wrong about so many things. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it does have that effect. So like,
1: the older I get, the
6: more I, I I can just people can say things to me that I think, oh, this is ripe and juicy to be questioned and and delved into. But just like, no, it's okay. Just let it go.
1: I think I think obviously it it depends on y- your personal mood. Like, am I in the mood where I want to engage in this? Do I think it's worth challenging? Like. Sometimes, you know, if somebody comes to you and they say, I'm really worried. I don't have enough money to pay rent or, or whatever. I'm just making these up. But, you know, maybe maybe what they need is a loan, right? Maybe you don't need to challenge that belief. But I, I think a lot of times it's valuable. And
2: what's I don't your know, confidence maybe... that you don't need to challenge that belief? Do you have any, what's your best reason for believing that that belief needs not to be? <laughs>
0: All right, we have uh, Matt here calling in. you wanted to give a quick uh Anecdote about how Sia has helped him. I think.
6: Well, he's not showing his face. Yeah, this guy's trouble. Yeah, this level.
8: Yeah, I don't have my I don't have my camera on, but uh, I just wanted to say, like, I was actually at the grocery store just the other day, and I was checking out, and we have these like automated checkout things where uh, you you scan your own things and they go on a conveyor, you know, and the person ahead of me, like I wasn't paying attention to her, but she was like packing up her stuff, and so I started checking out without looking, and my my stuff started like going down the conveyor and mixing in with her stuff. And she got like really angry. She, like, she took, like, I bought a, a pack of batteries. She threw it back at me, <laughs> like, I, like landed. I'm like, what's going on? And I look at her and she starts like chewing me out. Like, Oh, you're so inconsiderate. You know, here I am just trying to get my groceries. And I thought to myself, cause I, I was like, I was a little bit agitated. I'm like, boy, you know, she's kind of being like, not nice. And, but I thought, you know, I don't have to react to this. Like, you know, I feel how I feel, but like, you know, I'll just, I'll just be polite. Like, there's no me- need for me to like get angry at her. Like, I noticed how I was feeling, and I didn't have to react yeah. to it. That that but that might have made it worse. It, it could have. You know, I thought, like in the car on the way back, I said, you know, what I should have said, I should have said, yeah, you know what? You're right. I'm not being <laughs> considerate. I wish I were more considerate, like you. You know, yelling at strangers. <laughs> <That definitely wouldn't laughs> but, help. but I didn't say
1: that, you know. I just said have a nice afternoon. I, I think this is I think this is this is so I, I have these same things. I I almost feel like S E is whatever it is, but there's something therapeutic about slowing down, thinking about my feelings, thinking about the other person's feelings, and going, We're not our feelings. Um and and it's like that disconnect of saying you know i have this belief but i have this belief for reasons and none of these things are necessarily me there's something really powerful and freeing about
2: that this is this is just stoicism isn't it i mean like this is yeah. just the recognizing yeah it is stoicism recognizing what, what's in control I don't know.
1: i'm i'm no stinking philosopher
4: <laughs> <laughs> amen uh, but i was wondering like isn't that what people also say about meditation it helps you uh, be more aware of what you're feeling and also being able to step away and, and not, not be your feelings that much, but notice and recognize your feelings. Are we saying that SE is similar to meditation there Garth?
2: I, I, I think paying attention to paying attention is useful. I think critical thinking is yeah. something that once you've start to apply it, even if you're applying it to other people, initially, you can't help but apply it to your own, thought processes yeah, right? absolutely. and
8: I agree, with, yeah. I agree with that about critical thinking but I think there's something a little bit more there's something about like understanding your emotions that helps like that helps in building rapport it also helps in like understanding how someone else might feel but also like yeah. you know recognizing that you do have emotions and you do feel them and maybe you know may- maybe this yeah. is affecting how you're thinking right now and like choosing to not necessarily
1: react to them like I feel like in the last year since I've been doing this, I've said a lot more. I'm feeling blank, but I don't necessarily have good reasons for it. And I feel like this has come about because I've been thinking about Are there any times when you
6: have good reasons for feelings?
1: I think absolutely,
6: yeah. Like I mean, like if a you a method or to you know, it's like a lot of times humans they just into it, right? They just they don't control it um sure like the, uh there was an issue with my kids at school once or one my, my son and i recognized in myself i am not objective i'm not i'm uh even for me i was emotional and i it was good because i can now empathize with people who say they have this deep relationship with jesus it's the same for them hmm. as it is for me and my kids and uh, and a lot of times, like here's a question: Do you think it's fruitful to have a conversation with someone uh, in the SE method when you know from the get-go they're highly charged and highly emotional about it, or is it better just to walk away?
2: You mean highly charged and emotional in that moment, or just yeah, in, in that moment? moment? In that moment, mm-hmm. I would be this yeah. inclined to engage with somebody on that at that yeah, point. Yeah,
1: me too. Yeah. yeah, me too. But up? Uh, to, uh, like, about your kids, for example, Doug, like, maybe don't maybe ask me, you might Don't ask feel me about it.
2: I'm, <laughs> I'm not. Don't I'm not. you go there. <laughs> see, Doug,
8: Doug is emotionally charged right now, so well, you better not ask you. me. <laughs> I want to keep it. But
2: I thought I that. I,
1: I think I have a good example. Like, as a father, you might feel worried about your kids if they come home with a bad test grade, right? And you might think, oh, well, that you happen. might... Im-
0: they Come from the other <laughs> room with a bad test grade because they help you. Might were.
1: find yourself immediately becoming upset. Sorry, Reed.
4: They, they, they know what happens when they, if, if they ever brought home a, a bad, bad grade, yeah, if they so. come home with a bad you, test grade, it's the teacher's fault, not theirs. It's a poor test.
1: I'm going to get this out, even if it kills me. You, you might you might find yourself getting emotional and starting to worry and thinking, Oh my God, they're not going to get into college. They're, they're not going to get a job. They're going to be broke and destitute, and they're going to die young. Right. And then you might, you might say, <laughs> I never went that far, but now you really got me. Maybe you're not as neurotic <laughs> as other <laughs> people, but, but the, the point is, is that you might find yourself worrying about something. And then, the, and then maybe that's not justified. On the other hand, Let's say they get arrested, and you feel the same feeling. Maybe that is good justification for feeling worried. That's what I'm talking about. Some sometimes feelings have good justification, and sometimes they don't. Yeah, I agree with that.
2: Yeah. yeah, but that justification is not intrinsically rational, right? I mean, it's not like. I disagree. You, well, you think there's a component of rationality. Well, what would you, What would you? How would you define rationality then?
1: I think I think the way to quantify this is to say. How likely is this failing test grade going to lead to destitution versus how likely is this arrest going to lead to destitution? And there are numbers associated with that. There is an appropriate level of worry, I think, for each of those scenarios. But
6: you yourself, Chucky, said earlier that it's it's about slowing things down, right? Sure. But at that moment, you're going full tilt in your brain and your emotions.
1: Right. in, In some sense, what I'm saying is, I think it's important to have this feedback process and go: Are my feelings justified, or or am I a freight train right but
6: now? But sometimes that that <laughs> means the day after, right? It means you can't do it right then.
1: If that's the best you can do, Doug, but. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that's right. Uh, if you you, you got to practice that, um, you ha- yeah. need to have some practice doing that, and the better you get, the 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 easier it is to do it in the moment right the faster yeah. you recognize oh wait okay i'm i'm being that freight train right now i gotta slow exactly. down exactly but there
2: was a difference there between between a justified emotion as in you're justified in feeling that emotional response as in anybody else in that same circumstance would certainly be concerned and and that that response intrinsically is rational right that there, there's there are those are different things i think Like you can be justified in being concerned and allowing that concern to play on your mind and start extrapolating unnecessarily about the future devastation of your children's careers because they've happened to have had, you know, a bad encounter, um, then, then, you know, that, but that's not rational. Like if you really were rational about it, you'd reflect on the fact that this doesn't necessarily, there's not a cause and reflect effect relationship between these events. Right. And so I
1: guess I'm saying if your kid is arrested, there may, well, there is a statistical correlation. There is a Right. This is going to go on the permanent record. This is if it turns into a felony, maybe they can't get a job like there are legitimate concerns here.
2: Right. But, but, but like, maybe like a a more stoic way of looking at that, like a more, well, you could argue a more rational way to look at it like that is whilst that may be true. Like, what are you going to do about that in this moment? Like, what, what is this energy that you're powering into this emotional response? I mean, maybe this is
1: getting too philosophical, but I think the point of worry is to direct your attention to the things that need attention. And so if, if my kid gets arrested, I need to spend a certain amount of energy thinking, okay, Do I have a lawyer friend who can get them out of this? Versus if they get a bad test grade, maybe I don't need to like bribe their teacher, right? Maybe I can just move on. Tell them, hey, you'll do better next time,
2: right? Yeah, I I think I think it's. Look, I I definitely think emotions are useful. I think they are just pre-hardwired heuristics, essentially that essentially help us meet and notice useful things about our situation and circumstance, but they have a very short-term utility. And I think that's where rational reflection on, on, on the the precursor, what, what caused my emotional response? That's when that rational reflection becomes really important because you need to not be working off rough, hardwired heuristics in the long-term. It's just a very short-term help. I guess Um, I'll
1: make the claim that I think you can wield emotions to do work.
2: Well, oh, okay. And what work would that be?
1: So when you're feeling angry, for example, that's a driving emotion. And it might it might get you to sit down I'm and write angry. an email.
2: Sorry? Don't drive angry. <laughs> so yeah, 45 minutes
0: left in the show before the next uh, Etsy practice is happening on the Discord. I don't want to go over that for yeah. Michael. So if anyone else wants to call in or bring a claim, we'd love to uh, chat with you.
2: Fair enough. We
3: can talk about this maybe another time. I was bro. about
2: to say that same thing. I really enjoyed that, but let's 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 take that yeah. one offline.
3: <laughs> it's another another seER for your uh, interviews. Yeah, there, absolutely. Right? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Also, uh, if if no one wants from from the community wants to call in and bring up, up a claim that we can interview, maybe someone from this group would has yeah. a good claim to, to interview.
3: I've had several questions I wanted to ask everybody. I wasn't sure that we answered all the questions in the chat, though. First, sure. I think there were a few that were in here. One that was on my mind is like, what are people's favorite thought experiments when doing SE? Because I'm like, I'm in a place of like, I'm trying to collect more thought experiments. I've got a variation um, of the tic tacs that I use. Um, A variation of it. Yeah,
1: I, I find the even odd thing to be a little off putting to people who don't, who really suck at math. And so, I mean, it's a thing. It's people, people go. What exactly is even? Is zero even? I can't remember these things. So, what I usually ask is, you you go to the who school. you se?
3: <laughs>
1: How about I se? I se liberal arts majors, Doug. Um, yeah. Is that is that too spicy? So what I usually ask is, I say, <laughs> I say, imagine, imagine you've got a bunch of pennies, and you go to the grocery store, and you dump all the pennies out on the counter, and you're trying to buy a loaf of bread, and you think you've got enough money, and the per, the person at the cash register doesn't think you have enough money. How can we figure out who's
2: oh, right? That's good. That's good. Yeah, I like that.
3: Okay. That's yeah, good. that's a variation. And the answer is like counting.
1: Well, yeah, but but then there's all sorts of stuff about that, like. What if you count it and you get different answers?
2: Well, look, look, I have my maths and you have your maths and we're just going to have to agree to disagree maths we're getting.
3: Man, I've had, I've had people sit at my table and, and say that I actually have an interview right now and I think I've shown read this. Maybe I'll send it to you guys too. I've been sitting on this for like six months cause I'm not entirely sure. How I feel about it because I got so aggravated in this talk. Like normally people say, like in the comments on my videos, like I can't believe how patient you are. I could never do what you're doing because you seem so patient. (laughs) What aggravated you? Um well, first of all, I failed to even bring up the tic tac test because I I was like bewildered by what I was hearing. Like this person saying basically they were saying, you know, everyone has their own personal truth and there is no, they had, they, I tried to ask if there was even like a base concept of an objective truth in their mind to start with. And I don't think that, um, there was, so it was really hard for me and I probably should have just done the tic tac test, um, yeah. to see, uh, anyway, they got to a point where I asked like, should anyone go to school to learn something? Cause the next question was. You know why should we send people to school so they can learn something? Um, And her answer was no, no one should go to school. And I was so furious when I heard that. And like she probably meant homeschooling, right? No, she just said no one should go to any school. Like no, like all knowledge is all knowledge is like arbitrary and useless to this person that I was talking to. And it seems like maybe they might've been trolling me and I got really upset and I should have from there just pivoted to, well, okay, let's say you're going into surgery. You have two options between two doctors. One has gone to school. The other one has not gone to school. (laughs) Which one do you, do you pick? How do you make that decision? I should have asked that question. And I'd only think of these questions like (laughs) afterwards and it can be still
1: might. They still might say, I'd rather have someone who's practiced in you know, the art of Reiki than someone who's practiced in the art of surgery.
2: There, there's, a, there's a French expression which, which translates as the, the inspiration of the staircase, which is that thing you think of the moment just stomping up the stairs or down the stairs as, as appropriate, like after the argument has, has occurred. Yeah. So, so Jer- Jerome in chat says, what's the Tic Tac test? Does anybody want to explain?
3: Sure. <laughs> uh, here's some Tic Tacs. Uh, in my hand here, would you say if somebody came to this group and said that the number of Tic Tacs in this box is even, and another person came over and said that they're odd, that one of these two must be mistaken, and one must be correct?
1: It's, it's certainly odd that they're in disagreement.
3: Yeah, it is odd that they're in disagreement. Like, why would they disagree? Have that, By the have way,
1: the Tic
6: Tac test, the test is... Great for a lot of the type of Christians I talk to because they appreciate that objective truth. They think, right, just like all atheists or most atheists are just they don't accept objective morality or that we can at least have high confidence in, in certain things. So yeah, they um, they should like us. <laughs> uh,
8: yeah, for that. I, I have a I have a thought experiment. I. Came up with actually, it was I didn't use it during the conversation, but I thought about it afterward. Uh, A while ago, I had a conversation with a friend of mine about global warming, and he's kind of of the view that it's not real, and even if it is real, there's nothing we can do. And Matt, I thought we agreed not to talk about this. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Anyway, but the 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 question I thought of after after the conversation was. and, and like, I think this is like an important kind of concept is anyone can like just have beliefs about claims and they don't really have any skin in the game. It doesn't really matter. You know, they can believe, yeah, global warming is not really a problem. It's not really happening. Um, and even if it is happening, it's okay. But um, it's another thing, like, if the belief doesn't really matter in your real life, then it's... They may hold that belief just because it helps them with their identity or it helps, you know, get them in a group or something, right? Social reasons. So, the question I thought of is like, well, let's imagine, and this was actually, I thought of this after I read an article about how some ski resorts are finding that the weather is becoming unfavorable if they're not high altitude because of changes in the weather. And so, some of them are probably going to go out of business in the next 10 or 20 years. And so, my question I thought of was, imagine you are an owner of a ski resort and you have your life savings in it and you're at a low altitude and you know there are these articles that say the weather's changing you're gonna have shorter seasons you're not going to be able to make as much money like what would that like what would you need to see in order uh, like put yourself in that position where like your life savings is at risk right to really like get get the gears grinding like get the tire engaged with the road? Like sometimes beliefs in the abstract, it's like, well, who cares? You know, yeah, I don't think global warming's happening. Which one are you saying is better
6: when you have skin in the game or when you don't?
8: No, no, like get make make the IL put skin in the game. Like, no, I say the
6: opposite. I say make them so they're apathetic because then you can think about it objectively. If someone's livelihood's at stake, that's going to skew their maybe skew their how they view the evidence.
1: Well, we may but it's a it's a hypothetical skin in the game. So maybe they can also yes. see that they would be biased.
8: Yes, like right, like imagine you owned a ski resort and articles said that you're, you know where you're located, it's it's going to go out of business. Like, would that yeah. like what would that mean? Like hypothetically. Like,
2: it's it's like an outsider test that's deliberately invoking empathy, right? You're trying to, you're trying to get them to see it from a different perspective, but also engage with it emotionally so that they're taking it seriously. And I think, yeah, I, I I think that's a good one.
1: There's something that's related, but not quite the same thing that I, I saw Doug do, and I've started to do it, which is, you know, when let's say you're talking to somebody about religion and they're giving you all these highfalutin reasons. And, and they're, they're so, they're so, I yes love Say high <laughs> no, that's, that's my word. You can't, oh, you man. can't use my word. Um, <laughs> but, but I've seen Doug ask, like, what would it mean to you if you had video evidence or what would it mean to you for Jesus to hug you and be in the room with you physically for your fa- friends and family to see what would it mean for you to have uh, to have that video recorded and to be able to watch it back. And I think a lot of people have never even considered that you could have that kind of evidence for something. And there's Mm -hmm. something that, it's like a punch in the face. It's something that brings you, and and you go, oh my God, I've been reading this book for so long. I haven't even considered other kinds of evidence.
6: Yeah, it's a way to increase confidence instead of decreasing confidence.
2: Right it's interesting and, isn't it because a lot of these beliefs that, that they're supported by entirely separate structures like one one of the things i disliked about um a Manual for creating atheists is that in the first paragraph it talks about helping the faithful value reason was if people who hold religious views do not value reason one of the interesting things about se is it points out that we value reason like in almost every other area of your life, you're going to use rational, critical thinking almost in almost everything else that you're doing right But There's this one special place where you're, you're saying no, this doesn't need to apply to this Mm. area right here. And and yeah, one of the things that's interesting about that Jesus example is it kind of takes takes it out of that world and says, what if it was in the real world? Like what? And now look at it from from a real world perspective.
1: I, I asked a Christian once, you know, would you still be a Christian? If If out in the streets, Ganesh was walking around giving people things, you know, like he's he's there. Every every city in the world has a Ganesh walking around giving gifts to people, you know, and he's teleporting back and forth. Would you still be a Christian?
6: The Christians I Um, talk to would say that's just Satan in
3: disguise. would
4: (laughs) Would you still be an atheist? Probably not.
3: Oh, Fucking if Ganesh was everywhere, I mean. I mean, it is an elephant-headed person. It's kind of like a
1: right. Like if bold, everybody agreed that we we're looking at the
4: same thing. And, yeah. and the, your your most reasonable explanation for uh, a person with an elephant head would be that's Ganesh, and not there's someone.
3: Doing is it alive that, and breathing and like moving around and eating and stuff? Then yeah, yeah, but, but like that's that's really? Ganesh, <laughs> like, really.
4: Oh yeah! Like there, there, there's somewhere in the world someone is doing some very fucked up experiments. You know, <laughs> it depends experiments.
3: on what what Ganesh is writing because it's supposed to be like the author of the of the Bhagavad Gita, right? Depends on how yeah, many he,
1: arms they have. it's street, a
3: different god.
2: Over overly elaborate uh, street epistemology thought experiment writ large. That's all it is. It's just giving people. <laughs> yeah. we just using it as a tool.
6: <laughs> hey, Reed, do you want to explain to Jerome? Um, The car Lamborghini spaceship thought
3: experiment that we used on Daniel. More thought experiments. I want to hear more thought experiments. I've got another one for you. Remind me. Okay.
0: Okay. But the the car Lamborghini spaceship one is about extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, basically. It's a way to think through that. So you you start off with like, okay, so what is your confidence that I own a car? Or someone comes up to you and says they own a car. You get their confidence for that. And then you say, "Okay." Well, so someone else comes up and says, "I own a Lamborghini." What's your confidence for that? It's kind of related to the prior probability for these things. And then someone comes up and says, "I own a you know an interstellar interstellar mm-hmm. spaceship, something that can go star to star." What's your confidence for that? And hopefully this decreases as you know for each question. And this just gets you thinking about the kind of claim relates to how confident you should be about it in first hearing it and then the the more extraordinary claim the more evidence you need to justify that confidence
6: and when we so, use this this thought experiment on Daniel Ray getting back to what Matt was saying he said i don't really care I don't care what evidence I need. I don't care about these interstellar spaceships. Like pretty really weird.
2: I had the exact same conversation with Daniel Ray, so it's almost like he forgot that whole conversation that you guys had with him. It's definitely tough What's weird
3: don't is want you can to interact with hypotheticals. You can take the thought experiment and flip it so the claim and so like if somebody's not using numbers to reflect their level of confidence, then you can flip the numbers to the thought experiment and and say like, how confident are you that there's a certain number of cars on my city block? Uh, if I live in Portland, Oregon, like you can, you might be, you know, fairly certain that there's at least one car if you already accept the premise that I live in a city, like somewhere on this city block, and then just ratchet up the number of cars, and that makes it more and more unusual as you go up okay. the numbers, and you can go all the way up to like, you know, a hundred or a thousand cars. Forty. <laughs> The, Doug had a
8: conversation on this channel the other day with someone who, I mean, you weren't asking it exactly this way, but it was the same idea. Like, you were doing what you call the flying man, but then you asked him, well, what, what, what if my ancestor just had a dog? How do you, do you think, like, would you lean yes or lean no on that? And He was like, well, maybe so. And how about if he flew over the Grand Canyon? I, well, maybe so. <laughs> yeah. like like would you would you treat those at the same level of you know believability and and he, yeah. like he couldn't exactly answer. like I think some people, I think they just want to think it's either yes or no or maybe. no, yeah. and they don't really want to quantify is, it or
4: is, is that, the, is that the flying man? Yeah, Is that also just an extraordinary claim?
8: Yeah, it's basically that. But I use
6: the evidence for the resurrection and apply it to the flying man to, as a critique of the cumulative case and where we agree and disagree.
2: One of the nice things about the, the car example, I, I usually say it with a, a car, a sports car, and then I say, my car is invisible and it can fly. Um, and And one of the things that I... I'm lucky enough to be able to do is at the end of the conversation, uh, after talking to them about their confidence, I can point out that I actually don't own a car, which is the premise that they're most likely to <laughs> to accept for, uh, as, as the most likely scenario, that's good. because they don't know that I don't own a car. Wow. Um, even if it's like
1: so I I have a car related hypothetical that's uh, distinct. So I think I think one of the things if you talk to people who are really maybe this is offensive but unsophisticated and thinking about this stuff thinking about hypotheticals thinking about evidence thinking about science i like to talk about imagine you're a mechanic and someone comes into your shop and they go hey uh my car is making this noise it goes sorry
2: sorry you I, mean, I missed that. could you do that how did it go again i wanted to hear <laughs> I mean, I just, I mean we're cut out. I just needed to hear that again. One more time. <laughs> Welcome
1: to Click and Clack, the Tapper Brothers. Uh, the, the car goes jukka jugga 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 So, as a mechanic, you immediately think, well, it could be the carburetor. It could be the engine capacitor. I don't, I don't know anything about cars, but it could be. It could be the tires. And you think to yourself, okay, it could be these things. How can I figure out which one it is? And so you, you ask them a question. You say, well, when's the last time you you changed your tires? When's the last time you, is there smoke coming out of the hood? Um, is is the car turning correctly or is it staying straight? And by asking these questions, you can figure out which one of these possibilities is more likely. Um, and I've had, and I was talking to somebody who said this and he said, oh, that's well and good. But what if, what if actually somebody had snuck into your car and they had a tape recorder of a noise going, juga jugga, 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 jugga. jugga. Said They said, you'd never figure that out. And I said, well, eventually a mechanic would, right? He'd, he'd eliminate all the possibilities. It's not the carburetor. It's not the engine. It's not the transmission. He'd start looking around. What else could it be? And and each time he's trying to generate a hypothesis, he has to generate a more broad hypothesis. Eventually, you, you'd you figure out this there's, there's a tape recorder under the dashboard playing this thing. And... I don't know. I, I, maybe this isn't a completely well worked out hypothetical, but I think there's something to it. it it's that funny. I
8: I use this exact same hypothetical uh, in a discussion, a text discussion with with Daniel Ray, and this was one that he was like more willing to entertain. Yeah. Um, like he wasn't really interested in any other hi- hypotheticals. Yeah. But, like for some reason, like a car. You know, everyone has car problems. Maybe it's right. like a, re- a real right. life. There's, kind of
1: thing. There's something. Physical and tangential, and it's it's a scientific process. I mean, I have the greatest respect for these people who work in diagnostic careers. Like they are engaging in science every day.
2: But it's intuitive, right? There's there's a hypothesis. It's X, and so you open up the hood and you check X, and exactly. oh, it's not bad. that seems right. fine, You've right? You've
1: disconfirmed it, and you can talk about these kinds of things.
2: And this is the thing, like. The scientific method is just codifying how human beings explore almost everything, right? Like almost everything in our world. We just figure it out from the middle outwards. We don't have certainty. We just make a hypothesis. We we essentially test it. We explore it. Even children, you know, babies do this, right? This is how we and it would be
1: weird. It would be weird if your first thought was somebody put a tape recorder under your dashboard.
2: That would be a a strange (laughs) claim, yeah. It it turned out to be true, it still would be, it may turn out to be true,
1: but it would still be a bad process, yeah. Oh,
4: that's that's exactly that that principle in medicine. When you hear hoofbeats, uh, think horses, not zebras. Uh, when when someone uh, comes into your your shop and their car goes, What's the song again? you don't say, oh, last, last month, I had someone with a tape recorder with that sound. Uh, yeah. It's probably that.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're getting a lot of these tape recorder-related instruments recently, <laughs> 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 a real problem, I don't know what we're going to do. Actually, if, if
1: you were getting- just
2: going around shoving tape recorders into I cars. I think what's <laughs>
1: fantastic about it is if, you, if, as a mechanic, you were getting a bunch of tape recorders, it would increase your likelihood that that's right. the thing that you should check first, yeah.
4: Exactly. That that sounds like a Scooby-Doo episode.
6: (laughs) Yeah. Do you think some people are just stubborn or some people are incapable of doing thought experiments?
8: I, I think it's some, some of both. I think, um, people, there are some people who their beliefs are so important to them that they don't even want to entertain a premise that would challenge it, right. and it's it's not they're not doing it deliberately. This is just the way their brain is operating, you know.
6: No, but but even with the Ferrari, like remember, um, I own a Ferrari. How would you uh, test that or figure that if that's true? <clears throat> I remember some people can't even do that, and there's like no bias there's no i think emotional attachment there's people are smart I, I,
1: enough to know that if they say of course i wouldn't believe you have a, a lamborghini like look at your shirt like there's no way you have a lamborghini <laughs> like they, they know <laughs> they, they know that if they say that they're not justified in thinking the same about this other thing you're talking about no no but there's been cases where like
6: reed hasn't there been cases where we're not even talking about anything they care about at all we just do the Lamborghini thought experiment like i don't own this Lamborghini, but i say i do how would you investigate
3: this sometimes i I wonder if we think that it's an, an innocuous thought experiment and it's actually not because Unbeknownst to either of us, they're using that epistemology that unusual things happen all the time um, to bolster their confidence yeah. in their claim. Yeah, and they probably do that. And sometimes it's hard to acknowledge that we do that.
5: And <laughs> when we real- run the oh, thought sorry. experiment,
3: when we run the thought experiment, I think they they feel like they have to rationalize a way out of the thought experiment. So no one's here prepared Uh, to say that some people are just not smart enough.
0: It reminds me of the experiment the U S military did, where they tried to recruit people. And like some people are not smart enough when they need to throw something like a grenade to like lean back and, and arc it, they just throw it straight and it doesn't go as far. So that will risk blowing yourself up and people can't be taught to arc it. They just like, always show it
2: straight. People that get it wrong, I think.
0: <laughs> so if that is a phenomenon that happens, maybe that's related to people not being able to think yeah, of yeah, hypotheticals.
8: I, 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 yeah. I'm I'm sure there are many people who can't really do hypotheticals very well, but
0: well would, like I, I I do
8: think though, like everyone deals with hypotheticals in their real life every day. Like if it, that's why it, I
1: think there's you have assessment. to come up with a hypothetical that's not so abstract. Because because, because yeah. I think some people I think the way that I would say it is some people have this thing that goes off in their head and they say, why are we doing this weird hypothetical? There's something weird about hypotheticals. So you have to give a hypothetical that's like natural.
2: I think one of the problems is the context, though. If you're if you're if people are talking to you um, and they are. Knowingly talking to atheist, street epistemologist types, then they're going to be less willing to honestly entertain a hypothetical than if they than if you're talking yeah. to somebody who is not, you know, engaging in it, it, it yeah. you know, with that context, right? So yeah, they're, I, they're, I they're think, worried
8: they're walking into a trap. They're worried they're um, going to be yeah, uh, gotcha. Right. There's There's a,
2: gotcha. This is a thought experiment. This is a atheist propaganda machine tool that you just being you know. So still, I can you, make
4: a if claim. you believe if you believe in strong determinism. What's the difference between someone being too stubborn, quote unquote, and someone not being able to entertain the thought experiment? Because if they're too stubborn, they can't help being that stubborn. So no, I, that's a I, that's a that is actually a, a point that I think it's it's helpful to think about it that way because they're not they they're not uh, trying to um, t- trying to be stubborn. It, it, it might be some some fear that they have or something they're yeah. maybe they're afraid of questioning that yeah. but still that is they can't change that about them uh, about that themselves In that I think it's goal. a defense
1: mechanism and, and I didn't. would go so far as to say that is the problem <clears throat> with the tic tac test is that there's no motivation. You yourself,
6: Chucky, said some people don't know the difference between even and odd. Like we're giving humans too
1: much credit. I'm literally saying, yeah, well, that's true. I mean, you know. But I'm saying the problem with the Tic Tac Test is there's no story, there's no narrative, there's no justification for these people having this discussion about even and odd. It's so abstract, which is, you, you ask somebody who doesn't like hypotheticals about the pennies buying bread because that is a real motivated example. They, they've been in a situation where they've disagreed with a person who's attending a cash register.
4: I mean, I think you can probably explain the even an odd problem by saying, okay, we have these, these Tic Tacs and we wanna, we wanna divide them between us so that both of us get the same number. And, and that Can would be, we do that or will, will one be left over?
1: My prediction is that that would go over better with more people
2: but there are people who will say oh well I just used my credit card right and uh, you know d- dismiss the argument not engage with it meaningfully you can have the answer. entirely yeah. And, yeah. and therefore you know what they're, what they're feeling they're responding to the pre- their perception of a trap that's what they're doing they're not they're yeah. not actually in- engaging with it as a thought experiment. And I think that that's that's unfortunate. But I think if you've got that framing, I think the only thing you can do, as in, if you've got an interlocutor that's treating your thought experiment so dishon- dishonestly or disingenuously or or dismissively, then I think all you can do is try to unpack their, you know, rebuild the rapport in, in a way, and and yeah. say, look, you know, either we're gonna have a conversation, or you know, we you if you if you're gonna f- respond like this, then this is not helpful. Like this is a purely a thought experiment. It's just a totally way of thinking about it. It's totally. It's
1: a, Totally agree. Yeah, you I need to,
2: the, you kept, to be honest. With you. The
1: scary thing is, I've had I've had conversations with family members where I give them an innocuous hypothetical, and they connect these dots in their head, and they they feel attacked because here I am trying to, you know, blow a hole in their idea. And so I I think Doug, most people actually are smarter than it seems. And they know that this is going to put them in danger with their with their cherished beliefs. Would you say 50% or above average? Like <laughs> you,
8: or? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the Lake Wobegon effects. Everyone's, everyone's yeah. above average. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I want to see the flying man's thought experiment used with my like Miro template here. like.
2: Ah, look at the simplicity of the SE method, everybody. Look how easy. <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: it's
2: really, it's um, simple. Hard. so hard. This goes back to
1: Reed's obsession with putting everything yeah, in I, order and organization,
3: and
4: his obsession
1: do I, with. Do Miro. I need to
0: explain it for the low IQ people here? I mean, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll tell you so, this picture. I, I have I have a a bachelor's degree in mathematics okay. and a PhD in computer science, and I find this picture confusing.
0: Well, well that if shows you look the, at it the, like all the
6: public education system. Okay?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you basically you give you start with this one basic piece of evidence, first person eyewitness eyewitness testimony, you know, just one person saying it, and then you start with this first medium prior claim and you have two people and put them. Oh, on, God. They just move themselves to where they would be on the confidence scale. Like it's I would be here. Are you, you not or Are you how not, rough not do you me. like? This like, is this is the Matrix. <laughs> I'm not 50 50 about this claim with this evidence. If someone says a man on a motorcycle drove really fast and flew across the Grand Canyon, am I going to believe someone just just because they said it? Uh, uh,
1: here, here. No. Here's one problem with this. What is P? God damn it.
6: <laughs> I think Jocky just made my point that I brought up earlier.
8: <laughs> it's, Mike,
1: it's, it's, you, you try try using this with someone who has never had any sort of like fancy education, well, are "What? Who are you coming from your ivory tower to tell me truths?"
4: <laughs> Dude, just just go get learned. Reed, uh, Chucky, yeah. Chucky, the
6: point the point Reed's making is, and it's a good one. I, and I did this the other day. Reed, did you see me do this? Yeah. Yeah. You even mentioned it here here earlier, like with the flying man, the maybe with the flying across Grand Canyon, and it maybe for a dog. This is basically what you're showing, right?
0: Yeah. Like, and then you you this is, you have one row for the one piece of evidence, and then you go to the next row and you add something else. You just keep piling on evidence and then you just seeing if that does anything for this claim or for this claim or for the increasingly low prior probability claim and just keep going and see where you're where you're starting to move for each claim. You should obviously start to move first for the man, a man on a motorcycle drove really fast. You should start to move from the left to the right with more evidence quicker, right? <laughs> I think your, your intention is fantastic
1: and the goal is fantastic. But if, if I use this on my cousins, they would uh-huh. go, What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> okay.
6: Well,
2: you're from yeah. Kentucky, right?
1: But this is, uh, from, this is from North Carolina. <laughs> Close enough. But
2: this is, this is the heart of it, right? Is, is like, look, I, I have a different way of looking at this claim. You, 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 and I disagree about what the answer is here. Okay, let's let's go back. Let's find out where, like, where we disagree. And this is Reid just painstakingly going through step by step, saying, "Okay, yeah. where where is it that we start to disagree?" And and like that's 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 it in a nutshell. Like, really, it's just like how can we yeah. go back and just start to methodically go through it? And I just acknowledge that at some point we 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 might at least hope that we share some. Some sense of ground truth of, of external reality, etc. So let's just keep building until we find out where we differ. I think it's it's really good. It just it looks like the ravings of a madman. Just very politely <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I'll do it with someone I at know. some point.
4: It
0: <laughs> needs more string uh, Yeah, you, <laughs> should,
4: you, should, you should see the concept on Reed's wall. It, it was a lot of pins and, and <laughs> <Right. strings. laughs> You guys are too hard on Reed. You do know that this will get better once he gets
6: his
0: software update, right? Yeah. <laughs> Charles, Charles is the thing. It makes. Uh,
8: the uh, I mean, the, the, What you're really getting at, and, and I, I think this is at, at base what's going on, is people really do use something like Bayes' theorem in their everyday life. Yeah, but I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to say it, right? <laughs> but like, but it's true and people use it. And this is how perception works. This is how cognition works at a a low level. At least this is the thinking in neuroscience. And so the, what Reed is trying to do with this Miro thing, right? Is he's just trying to show you can apply this to anything, right? Like, um, and and I think what happens is there are some claims that we want to believe, you know, the, the, the one way of thinking of it is, you know, can I believe it versus must I believe it, right? Those are very big, different ways of thinking about the same thing. If if you're asking yourself, can I believe it? Well, like, almost any evidence is good enough, because it's like you want to believe it. If must I believe it, it's like you really don't want to believe it. So, like, you'll look, you know, almost any evidence you're given, you're not really going to accept it, right? That's kind of the... the What's going on, right? There's like motivations underneath, and so you know, if someone doesn't want to, um, you know, engage in a hypothetical, then usually that's a good time to ask the meta questions. Well, yeah, you know, how important is this to you, or yeah. why, you know,
1: what would it mean for you if you
8: lost this belief? Yeah.
2: And and it's why it's so frustrating when you're talking to somebody who who is willing to say, as was the case with Nathan, you know, like almost like, well, let that's just abandon objective reality, that's abandoned truth, that's abandoned education is pointless. At that point, I think it's I, I think that person is being dishonest. I mean, not necessarily intentionally, but certainly dishonest with themselves, right? If you're going to let go of all of these things, how do you make any decisions? Um, how how do you make any decisions, do one thing over another, if literally all of knowledge and truth and and objective reality are just completely made up? Like how, like seriously, that there is no way you can live in your life on a day-to-day basis and hold that to be genuinely, meaningfully true. Like yeah. it, it's just madness, sometimes right? it's
3: the problem with the word true. Like people oh. think this word true means belief. It's like synonymous I've dist- with I've belief. Distinguished
2: I'm learning to distinguish between the word true and a truth (laughs) that that distinction seems really important to notice when you're talking to people, especially in an SE context, people want to have their truths and Mm. that's somehow meaningfully different from a truth or something that is true.
3: Another Um, landmine word is reality. I keep bumping up against that a lot. mm. Like, is that real? And like, well, my reality is this. Yeah. Yeah, some people but, can't answer this. So this, this statement on the survey, the most important criteria for my beliefs is that they match reality is like, basically, um, how important is the truth to you? You know, hmm. Mark does the one to seven, how important is the truth to you? Every single talk at the beginning. And I think I really want to start adopting that into my practice, um, asking people how important the truth is to them. Uh, and then referencing back how they're seven on the, that scale, that Liker scale. Um, it, before I start asking my disconfirmation questions as like the more right. way to meta think about what type of people push yeah. back on truth and reality, Nathan, to you. Well, here in Portland, uh, <laughs> people are using the word reality to refer to their perception. There you. And if you look up the definition of reality, there is more than one definition. The first one is what is real, what is objective typically. And then the second one is, you know your your it is your perceptions like all all you can know the the you solipsism. know your experience yeah it's the solipsism thing it's like you know your consciousness um i think it experience. can really help
4: I think it can be really helpful to just ask, have you ever been mistaken? Or has anyone ever been mistaken about something? Yeah, so that's
3: typically my go-to, and that's number 24 on the survey. Um, It is possible that some of my beliefs are not true. And so I I have to go Mm. to that to explore what, how they're thinking about that. And some people even push back against that, that I've talked to, and they'll Mm. say, well, what I believed before was my truth, and when I changed my mind, that became the new truth that i hold so i was it was my truth back then and the truth now even when i it's changed beautiful. my mind about they're it. always correct
2: yeah exactly. yeah and, there's the, the,
3: and then i have to ask like does that mean you can't be wrong about anything that you think and why would you change your mind then ever like hard you were right before answer, so surprisingly why you, oh, that,
8: that's a good question why would you change your mind then yeah right
3: that yeah. well yeah i asked him so can you recall a time in which you changed your mind yeah, it, it butts up and against why. that
1: thing you run into where people maybe they go down the route of, but it brings me comfort. So I'm going to adopt this belief. That's
3: number 15 on the survey. It is okay you, to believe something is true because it is comforting.
4: Have, yeah. you, have you ever changed your mind about something that you used to believe and was comforting to something that was less comforting? And if so, why? Yeah.
3: That would be a good question. Although my I typical think, think, question in response think, is an outsider test on that. Imagine somebody else comes yeah. here and that to them, it's more comforting to think the opposite thing. Could there do be you, a dispute you between well, you two now, now at this point? And which well, one of you two should I be listening to?
4: Well, that's
3: up to you. Uh, who am I to question with?
4: Yeah,
3: if <laughs> I, yeah I'll is, usually preface that, it with, yeah. if I want to know the truth, which one should I listen to? I'm yeah.
1: noticing again the these these the things that are on the survey are are again very abstract and not everybody engages well with that and so yeah. you could ask for example would you want to know if you had cancer
3: right but that's yeah.
2: that's that's a that's a very different type of it, question it is, right?
1: yeah <laughs> people could enter yes or no for yeah right granted mm. granted yeah. but but to maybe that's just an example of the kind of question you could ask to get to the same nugget but through a real world example
2: so that's the problem with the real world examples is is they they can unintentionally invoke other criteria so the the, the beauty of a thought experiment is that it's it's the most wonderful clinical environment in the world right and, and, and oh, there are neither things that are there or the things that are there by totally agree but not everybody their... likes them I I hear you. I mean, the the trolley problem is one of the most wonderful experiments in the world. Right. And yet, you know, you hear people, day. when you, when I do the first, when I do the first version of the trolley problem, um, I always say, I always say that there are four people tied up on the train track and the lever and I, and and they say, and then there's another train track and nothing is on it. And, and do you pull the lever? and and you know essentially in this setup pulling the lever just saves the people right so unless the person i'm talking to is a sociopath they absolutely would pull the lever Like they they would have to, there would be no reason not to. And people still hesitate and ask me questions about like, well, okay, well, what, because you're even asking the question, they think it's a trap. They think it's a, it's a, it's a a riddle. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say, oh, you pulled the lever. Aha, but there's a dragon on there. And he got really angry (laughs) because of your email. (laughs) Here's a question for you guys. Uh, Why not
6: do what I do where I basically (laughs) tell them beforehand, I'm about to trap you. Are you okay with that? (laughs) <laughs> and then have them say yes or no if they say no then they leave yeah. if they say yes and say okay you're going in full tilt knowing that i'm i'm trying to trap you and cause you discomfort and if you agree to do it then let's do it like well, maybe that's a better way to go i haven't that's gone intre- that that's far some, but something some that i do
1: in almost every talk is i say at some point do you mind if i ask you a pointed question it might make you feel uncomfortable and they almost always say yes and then they're they've agreed yeah, to it.
6: <laughs> yeah, that's good because it's yeah. like a challenge, right? It, yeah. it comes instead of being defensive. It's like I'm going to overcome this challenge. Exactly. This. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Hmm. Interesting.
3: Yeah, you have more experience, like uh, Doug, being on the internet with other people who reach out to you over the internet, so they they know what they're getting into when they call. Yeah. In. Whereas, yeah. like, I'm just but in even a park then, they... talking to random people, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or you a might get festival with a punch bunch you in of hipp- the face, hippies. <laughs> Yeah.
8: I just wanted to go back to one thing on that question 18 on the survey. Yeah. The, I think it was the most important thing, or the I most think it's important. important that my beliefs match really. Yeah. I think I think if you ask someone that, like most people will say yes, right? Yeah. But but they don't recognize that um that there is this that, that they also have desires for some claims to be true and some claims to not be true. So it's like it's almost like uh, what they call that uh, uh, bias on surveys where people want to answer a certain way because it's the right yeah. way to answer. I forget the name yeah. of it. But, but I think if you ask people that, they say, yeah, of
1: course I do. Why wouldn't I? Right? But then they don't. It's another problem with it being so abstract. They, they know what they should answer, and so that's how they answer.
3: Yeah. Well, some the... people have a… Read that statement, and they perceive this word "reality." Put that back up on the screen again. That's it. Uh, there's like this word "reality." They'll per- they think it's their perception. So some people struggle to even figure out which box they want to tick on the survey because they're thinking in subjective, re- like relativistic terms. Yeah. So they're having a hard time figuring out how to even answer it. He's so i I've they come see- across a few people that struggle to answer this one. Yeah, almost understand it.
2: Oh, go ahead, Yamash.
4: So they,
3: they kind of uh, see it as um uh,
4: like uh what's the name for it? Something that is always true. a tautology. Yeah yeah they see it as a tautology. It's 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 important that I believe in things that I believe in or that, that's you know, how reality it is sometimes. reality. Yeah. It's pretty mm,
3: rare yeah. but I've come ac- across it enough times to where people... And I've even... For, um, for this, West video, Coast phenomena. this video wasn't released yet. Somebody even... They were like reading it out loud and they just said out loud my reality as they read it. Like they inserted mm. a word that wasn't even there. <laughs> oh. Like that's how deep <laughs> wow. this is going sometimes. But these
6: people just... All these people wear man buns and sandals, right? These so
2: one <laughs> one one way we could defuse the the thought experiment problem is make because the the purpose of a thought experiment isn't really to get an answer and then go aha right like you know well Pine Creek may do that but like I think the are <laughs> asking the questions trying to promote thought right and so one way we might say is hey. You don't have to answer this question, but like, I'm going to run a, f- a series of s- situations by you, and I just want you to think about how you would answer them. Like, you don't have to tell me. Like, it's not ne- like if you go through the yeah. trolley problem with somebody and you just say, You don't have to tell me what you would do. Because yeah. the whole purpose of the thought experiment is to get them to think about what they would do and why. And like, was- maybe having to force them to externalize it makes them feel like they've got to have a justifiable answer or one that's in line with their worldview. But if they just think about it.
1: I can't remember who said it, but there, there's a quote that. In order to learn something, you have to struggle with it, and I think yeah. these questions—even if they don't answer them out loud—there's a process inside where they're struggling. They go, "Would I pull the lever? Would I not?"
2: And right, That's something to gain
1: from that.
3: Yeah,
2: a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, yeah. this was
3: a wonderful experiment uh, trying to accept call call in calls, and we mostly just answered a bunch of questions in the feed, which I thought was like. <laughs> right. Yeah, really, it's awesome. We
0: can chat with ourselves too. But if yeah, you want yeah. to do the SE practice, one is starting right now in the SE Discord, and maybe next week we can try this again and try to get someone actually with a claim. That would be nice. This was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: yeah. It, it, thanks, a lot, It certainly guys. was fun. We should we should do it like this again. I think we got more engagement this time. Yeah, we, we can make this its have own have show versus video reviews. reviews. Yeah, this yeah. is the Hamza's Den of SE. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
8: oh, the, the, the uh, yeah the the. Theist version of Pine Creek will call in one time. <laughs> Better watch out Pine Creek. We're going to
3: start our own currency and we'll have SE Coins to be giving out. Yeah. next mm-hmm. up the I don't mind being a
6: trendsetter.
0: <laughs> 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 Alright, thanks everyone. We will be back next week.
3: Later. Cool. Carol. See you guys. See tomorrow.
1: The Street Epistemology Podcast is a production of Street Epistemology International. Can donate or learn more about this nonprofit organization at streetepistemologyinternational.org. The views, guests, and topics expressed here or not expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the organization. The intro and outro of this episode was narrated by Apollos.